What's up, Fathom fam? We're so glad you're here. Just want to give a quick reminder about our Church Center app where you can stay up to date on all of our messages, events, and groups. You can also find us on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. And while you're there, make sure to also request to join our Fathom Family Facebook group where we post daily encouragement and reminders about upcoming events so you won't miss a thing. We hope to see you there, but for now, we're going to jump right into the message. It's just, I want to just say it's so good to see um, any guests in the house or online actually to see you, but we're so thankful you're here. I want to shout out Ms. Joni is in the house today. Ms. Joni is a long time. Um, just been battling so much health stuff. Talk about God's faithfulness in your life. We just love you. We're so glad you're here. So good to see you, Belinda. Belinda's a longtime Fathom fam, and we're just uh, so glad to have you in the house. All of our guests, we're thankful that you're growing here and that you're connecting here. Looking forward to what God's going to do uh, in this coming season. Hey, let me recap us a little bit on where we've been this year. Since the beginning of 2020, we started off with a series called Fathom and, and really with this vision of stronger. You guys remember this? We were kind of kicking off this idea of stronger. And as we were talking about it, we said, hey, we want to grow stronger and resting fully in the power of the Almighty God. After all we've been through, we realize God's building up a tenacity in us to believe and have faith that can move mountains. We talked about growing in His Word, uh, about growing, uh, taking things and applying them at home. And we talked about really growing as well in our relationships. This summer is going to be an incredible time for you to lean in midweek, as busy as we all are, to make it a priority to lean in and grow in relationships. It's going to be so much fun. We're kind of, we've been pretty heady in knowledge and growing in the Word. We're really going to focus on the family. That's not like a focus on the family thing. We're really going to focus on the Fathom family, growing in relationships. And so um, make sure you make that a priority this summer. We moved into February and I did a series, the dumbest series title I've ever done called The Goat. Um, and as dumb as it was, it resonated with us because we just realized we can't have enough of God's love pouring in us and through us really all the law and the prophets hang on loving God and loving others. We went through that journey. Uh, then we moved into a season really discovering God's purpose and our identity in Christ, a, a royal and holy priesthood. You remember this scripture right here? You're a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation uh, for God's own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You guys remember this? We're tracking. We've been around for some of this. Uh, we've seen this. We're talking about purpose. Then we moved into a series, just a quick series on the Holy Spirit. Talking about how God is there to guide us into all truth. That we're not just kind of floundering around trying to figure it out on our own. But he's there to guide us. Um, and he's guiding us and he's comforting us. He's strengthening us spiritually. That we're not the same today as we were two years ago. We may not feel like we're as far as we want to be, but, but we're so much further because the Holy Spirit's strengthening us, growing us in Him. And He's empowered us to share the gospel. And then we've been in a series right now called Seasons. And I'm going to wrap that series up as we move into a legit new season for our church and the life of our church. Today's the last message I'm going to be preaching for a little bit. And just for my sake, can you just be like, oh man... See, that made me feel better, even though I asked you to do it. I'm just going to pretend like you meant it. Um, no, it's going to be a different season. Today is the last message because uh, we're moving into a sabbatical season for my family and I, which is 
Uh, one of the most challenging things I've ever done is to, to be able to take this time. We've been planning it for some time. Um, and, and some of you may be like, hey, what is that? Why is it? What's the purpose in this? And I just want to spend a few more minutes sharing on this. And I know you might have been tired of this if you've been hearing this for a year and a half as we've been public about sharing this. But I want you to know um, that a sabbatical, it's a defined uh, period of absence, of intentional absence. You can throw that definition up there, Jesse. Uh, it, it's a sabbatical, the defined length of intentional absence from the work of ministry given to pastors to uh, refresh themselves for longevity and healthy ministry for years to come. I don't know if you have ever, um, you know, I, just to kind of help some of you kind of understand why we've led up to this and why this, we want this to be a part of our culture. Um, the reality is that burnout in ministry is extremely high. Um, for student pastors, not lead pastor, but for student pastors, um, it's in, in our city, it's like a year they can last in ministry. Like a year. Um, every single day we hear about, particularly after the pandemic, pastors just throwing in the towel. We, we've seen more pastoral suicides than we've ever seen that have been very public in the past couple of years. It, the, the, the heaviness of that. And so just to kind of illustrate that, for you, I don't know if you've um, ever had a big presentation at work. You ever had one of those? Right? And all week you're kind of stressing about that presentation. Um, or if you've ever had a birthday party and throw in a big event and kind of stress about that all weekend and what it takes to, to do that. Or, or maybe you've had one of those, you've been on a rotation to be on call at work. You ever had one of those? Where you're on call and like you just get called in. Um, that's kind of the life of a pastor all day, every day, um, every week. So if you feel those pressure, those pressures begin to stack on. It's it's a unique calling that God has called us to, uh, and in fact, there's a grace for that. And so I come to you today, not burnout. Praise the Lord. I feel good. Uh, I feel very tired, very tired. Been in full time ministry for about 15 years. Um, been ministering uh, as a Christian um, longer than that, bivocationally and, and as a volunteer, but. In full-time ministry and in this calling, um, we want this to be a part of our rotation so that we can do this for a very long time. Sabbath is important, an important teaching that I'm going to teach on today. Um, but I also I want you to understand a few principles that are kind of going in and really where, um, where you step into play. What this summer is going to look like and just kind of help you process that. Uh, the reality is part of our calling as pastors is to be there for you. It's to, to be presence. We give the ministry of presence. When you're in the hospital, when, when you have a struggle, when you're going through a tough time, uh, we do not neglect to pick up the phone and call you back or to show up at your side. We minister in the, the ministry of presence. But Henry Nouwen talks about the ministry of absence. Uh, Jesus talked about this when he talked about the Holy Spirit. In fact, he said, it's actually good for you that I go because then the Holy Spirit will come. And, and, um, and I just want to tell you, I'm not Jesus and the Holy Spirit's already here, but it's actually good for you that I go. I get some time away. Henry Nowen says this, ministers uh, do not fulfill their whole task when they witness only to God's presence and do not tolerate the experience of his absence. If I were to say, no, 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 no I'm going to be here. I'm going to be at everything. I'm actually not helping you, even though you might think I'm not helping you by stepping aside. There's actually a ministry of absence that you will, will cling to the Lord. You'll cling to the body of Christ at large. And so I, I want to help you grow in this um, understanding today of what a sabbatical is. For those of you that wonder, hey, what are you, what are you going to be doing? I'm going to be entering a time of Sabbath rest, like deep rest, not working the ministry fields in my own life. 
You know, it's, it's a little bit different, you know, for a pastor to take time off from the church. And, and some people are like, I need a break from church too. I'm like, actually, no, you probably don't need a break from church at all. Um, you know, uh, but, but we need to actually lean into the body of Christ more than ever um, as a body. It's going to be a time in which we live out the truth of we're not, we're more than what I do. You know, preaching every week. That it's actually a quite dangerous thing. We've seen many pastors fall in recent days because their identity is in kind of some kind of platform. Even in this past year, because nobody's been in the room, and so they've done some deep searching for, and their identity has been in preaching. And I just, I want you to know, my identity is not in my preaching, um, but I'm going to make sure of that through this time. Um, it's going to be a time where we learn from other ministry leaders. We go and we. Uh, hang out with some of our mentors and spend time with them and just hear what God's doing in their life and just being with them. Uh, we need that in our own souls. It's going to be a time of, of what's known as creative withdrawal, right? I don't have to write a sermon starting tomorrow, right? I don't have another teaching I'm preparing for, for a little bit of time. It's a gift to my soul and it's going to allow uh, some, some, something to be stored up in this time for me so that I can offer you just continually fresh um, word uh, from from the word. It's also going to be a time to really pull away and just hear God's voice um, in an extended fashion to really hear God's voice and and let Him speak to me about uh, the future of our ministry and what God's calling us to in the city, so that we can continue to do this in an even greater fashion in the coming days. And indeed, there, there's not just purpose for us, but there's purpose for you as a body. Uh, we hope that that more people are empowered to carry the load. Of, of ministry and stepping into their gifting and calling than ever before. So we're, we're calling you and encouraging you to lean in and use your giftings in the body of Christ. We believe it's going to be a season of growth, not a season of holding down the fort until pastor gets back. No, we have the same mission as Jackie and all of her beautiful children just said it's to go make disciples of all nations. The mission isn't changing. It's not changing because there's a different person on this stage. Each week, we're going to keep on that mission. And so I want to just give you a couple of guidelines, a couple of things in my heart um, that I want to share before I teach you on Sabbath for your own life. Um, uh, first, I, I want to just talk about preaching and teaching. We're going to have some incredibly gifted preachers and teachers on this stage from a week-to-week basis. And here's what I've set them up. It's We're kind of doing one big series called One, like one big series over the course of the summer. And I've just, I, I've asked them, just pray. Like, what do you want to preach on? I want you to preach on whatever God tells you to preach to give to the people. So I just want you to know there's men of God who are setting aside hours of their week to pray and discern and hear the word of God and to be able to deliver it specifically for you, for your heart in this season. Do you hear me? Like, I want you to take that with the sobriety and the soberness that like, oh, that's incredible that someone's praying to hear from God and be able to deliver the word of God for me in this specific season. So I, I want you to come... Um, in that. I, I also uh, come expecting to hear from God from uh, th- these men of God. Um, it's going to be different people throughout the summer. Some you're familiar with, others you will not be as familiar with. I also want to encourage you in three G's in pastor form. Um, I want to encourage you, um, um, anyway, yeah, yeah, three G's. Uh, first, giving, like be faithful. Uh, without fail, over the course of the life of our church, uh, giving tends to drop off in the summers. You tell me why. I don't know why. I mean, everybody like changed their jobs or something like that. Be faithful in your giving. And I think some of us, I just want to break off a mentality of I'm tipping the church for how well the pastor preached. Or how whatever I see. Break that mentality off. We're not tipping 
No, no, it's out of generosity of our heart, and we want to be faithful in that. So I'm just, I'm challenging you. Be faithful more than ever before in this season. You're a generous people, so I'm not getting on to you. I'm just warning us as we move into this season. That's a little bit different. And some weird things can happen in our heart and our soul and our mind and snatch those things out and call it into uh, the truth of God's word. I also want to call you into your gifting, what you have to offer the body of Christ. If it's encouragement, encourage the body of Christ. If, if you have a, an ability to open the door and let people in, and you all have that, we should never need or have need for ushers because everybody can open a door and smile on our face. We should never have a need for that. Step into your gifting. There's, there's a handful of places that you can get involved in that right now. Uh, and if you have any questions, say, hey, I'd love to lean in. I'm not serving in a place or hey, I've got a little more time. I, I'd love, just let me know how I can help. Christina, wave your hand right here. You can email Christina at fathom.church and we need your help. Here's a few places we need your help uh, over this summer in particular. Um, one is in our areas of uh, Fathom Kids. As we're getting this uh, building launched, we're trying to open up to elementary, and we need some folks to step up and say, hey, I'll serve in there uh, once a month. I'll, I'll serve, uh, you know, I love elementary kids. I, I love to hang out with them. I'll hold some babies, whatever it might be. Uh, we need about five volunteers over the next few weeks to just on ramp, get trained, and jump onto our schedule in June. And so you can see David and Sophia about that after service today. We need your help. Uh, production area. We've got a couple of great leaders. Kenny's been leading that area. Brad is taking it over. Brad Harder, way back there. Uh, and Owen's been a huge leader for us too. And his uh, naval journey has him away for the next uh, few months. And so we're losing two big leaders in that area. So if you say, hey, I can serve in that area as needed, um, reach out to Brad. Let him know how you can serve there as well as our guest services area. Tara, wave, wave your hand. If you are looking to, to maybe step in and say, hey, I can't do all that. I'm not good with computers. I, I can't do the kissing, but I can help uh, serve uh, coffee. I can help welcome people and, and host in that way. Please let her know. We continue to need people to serve in our prayer ministry um, as well. So we need you. We need you to step in, be faithful in your giving, to be faithful in your gifting, uh, as well as groups over the summer. Lean in and be connected for one another. We're going to care for each other. Uh, I want to read a, a quote before I, I uh, preach my message today um, from a pastor named Eugene Peterson. And he, he gave this quote after um, being on sabbatical for a year. I'm not taking a year, just to let you know. But he went on sabbatical for a year. He wrote the message translation. If you're familiar with the message, he wrote that. Took a, a break from his pastoral ministry. And this is what he had to say on the backside of that. A benefit I had not counted on uh, during my sabbatical was a change in the congregation. They were refreshed and confident in a way I had not observed before. One of the dangers of a long-term pastor is the development of neurotic dependencies between the pastor and the people. I worried about that from time to time. Was it healthy for me to stay in this congregation for so long? Had I taken the place of God for them? Those fears were more uh, acute when I proposed a sabbatical year. For many people, express excessive anxiety, anxiety that I would not return, anxiety that the church could not get along without me, anxiety that the life of faith and worship and trust we had worked so hard to develop would disintegrate in my absence. None of these fears were realized. Not one. Not even a little bit. Just be honest. Have you felt any of that? As we move into, have you felt any of that? You're, you're not alone. The congregation thrived. They found they didn't need me at all. They discovered they could be a church of Jesus Christ with another pastor quite as well as they could with me. 
I return to a congregation confident in its maturity and the people of God. Uh, we are both, the congregation and I experience in great freedom in this. Neither of us neurotically needs each other. I'm not dependent on them. They aren't dependent on me. That leaves us free to appreciate each other and receive the gifts of ministry from each other. I'm not going anywhere. I'm excited today to get back. I'm just like, let's go so I can get back and get back um, to work, get back to ministry. But I want you to hear that and receive that because that's what I believe that God's going to do in us. He's going to grow us up in a deeper way as the body of Christ. And I can't wait to see um, how God has grown us, how God has expanded, how the mission, how many people got baptized throughout the summer. It's going to be good. So um, let's transition and let's dive into a message because I know that some of us would be like, Pastor, I could sure use a break too. <laughs> Pastor, I could sure use a sabbatical time in, in my life. Come on, some of us, let's just be honest, let's retire. I see it in your eyes. I, I hear it when I talk to business owners, to business leaders, to moms and dads who have been doing things in their life and find yourself tired. I want to preach to you a message just in t- simply entitled, Rest, uh, excuse me, Rhythm for the Rest of Your Life. Rhythm for the rest of your life as we teach on Sabbath. You know, the pandemic has been interesting because people who are even working at home have found themselves actually more likely to just be working nonstop. Uh, the, the movement in our technology to be able to uh, have access to emails and people to access at all times is greater than ever. And some of us are more exhausted than ever. And so I, I want to speak this, uh, this message into a people who I know are probably dealing with, with being tired, exhausted in some way, shape, or form. So first, I want you to know this, that Sabbath is made for you. It's made for you. Jesus said the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. You weren't created to just like be obedient to this, but it was created as a gift for your life. I, w- I want you to know that. I want you to know that, that from the very beginning of creation, God modeled Sabbath, right? He created the earth in six days. And Genesis chapter two tells us on the seventh day, he did what? He, he rested. He modeled it. He began to, to um, ask Israel to be obedient to the Sabbath when he, he provided manna and quail, even before we get the, the commandment, the 10th commandment that we'll talk about in a few minutes, even before uh, we get that, uh, God is calling the people to um, obey him and to trust him. When they're resting, he's still working. Didn't we just sing about that? Even when I don't see it, God, you're working. Even when I'm not working, you're working on my behalf. He modeled it, and then he uh, commanded it, and then he fulfilled it. Jesus, Matthew chapter 5, tells us that, that he obeyed and fulfilled all the law and the prophets. It's fulfilled in him. So for us, it's the, the Sabbath, the taking off of one day to rest, to trust God, is, is not uh, just a heavy yoke of obedience like for many Jews today, where it's like they can't even turn on the lights, or that's considered breaking the Sabbath. They can't cook a meal. They can't do anything. It's breaking the Sabbath. We don't live under that burden. Of that, we we instead have this gift that God still offers to us as Christian believers, the gift of Sabbath, and it's made for you. It's made for you to take a break. And so, I want to talk about how God invites us into this rhythm for our lives of work six days and rest, work six days and rest. And I believe if we'll receive this and we'll begin to practice it in our life, 
It'll not only establish a rhythm for your week, it'll establish a rhythm for your soul. And God wants to bring you into a deeper season. Second thing that's kind of a big idea I want to wrestle with uh, for a few minutes is Sabbath is holy. God created it. He set aside. He made it holy. And when we keep it, it honors God and it makes us holy. When we keep it, it honors God and it makes us holy. It doesn't make us holy because we're keeping one of the rules better. That's not what I'm saying. It doesn't make us holy in that way. It makes us holy in that it begins to break off stuff that's unhealthy in us. It begins to break off our addiction to work, finding our identity, finding our identity in what we do, finding um, trust in ourselves and what we can produce rather than trusting in what God can produce. Um, Exodus chapter 13 says, uh, verses 12 and 13 says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. And this will be a sign between me and you. This is between us and God. Not between me and you. But the impact is large. It's a sign between me and you, but it's going to be passed down to all the generations to come so that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you. Or as other translations say, make you holy. He's the one. You see, as we set it aside, we set aside that day of rest to to not do our paid work or our unpaid work. As we set it aside, God starts setting some things aside in us. As we slow down and stop, God just cranks up his working engine in our life and begins to just shape us. He begins to prune things away in our heart that need to be pruned away. He makes us holy. He's the one that does that. But some of us, we get in this place. No, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make me holy. I'm going to be better for God. I'm going to keep all these commandments now. I'm going to just go, go. And it's this long, exhausting journey of doing more. And God's inviting us to rest. And he's going to do something in us. So he wants to make us holy. I want to tell you that practicing Sabbath has greater implications for your life than you realize. For the next generation. For your own soul. And when, I, when I'm talking about Sabbath, I'm talking about rest. I'm talking about rest and delighting in God, as I'm going to talk about a little bit further. See, I'm a recovering workaholic, for those of you that don't know. Um, it's been very real in my life. It's been very real in my life. As we moved down here, God called me and began to shape me in very deep ways in my life that I wasn't going to work 80 hours anymore. I wasn't going to work 70 hours anymore. I really try not to get to 60 hours as much as I can. I was going to learn to rest in Him. And then at the end of the day, I'm going to give my very best, but there's going to be one day that's protected because he made it holy. That's what Exodus chapter 20 tells us, verses 8 through 11, the middle kind of of the Ten Commandments. You guys know God gave these Ten Commandments, Exodus chapter 20. And uh, here's what it says. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. You got six days, put it in. I don't know if you got a four-day or a five-day work week or what, what your week looks like. Scripture says six days, do it all. Fill, fill it all in there. But on one day, on the seventh day, it's a Sabbath to the Lord, your God. And on it you shall not do any work, you, your son, your daughter. And it goes on and on. For six days God made the heavens and the earth, the seas and all that is in it. Therefore the Lord uh, blessed the Sabbath day. God blessed this day. 
Anybody ever had a Sabbath day nap? Come on. There's just something deep about it. I have struggles taking naps, but yesterday we went to the beach, and I got home, and hallelujah, it was holy. I fell asleep hard. It was blessed. It was set aside. Um, I, I want to speak to you for a few minutes, and I know, um, I know what time it is, but I, I want to speak this into your heart and give you some very practical application for your life. Um, and before I, I do, just one last thing. Sabbath is learning to practice eternity. Colossians chapter 2 tells us it doesn't matter what day you do it. It doesn't matter what day you pick to do it. But I want you to know that these are just a shadow of things to come in Christ Jesus. Sabbath helps us learn to begin to practice eternity. Like a deep rest. I'm not striving. I'm not working. I'm just enjoying the presence of God and the beauty of His creation. I want you to understand this. It's a way in which we begin to practice eternity. I think when we worship and sing songs to God, when we fellowship uh, with the people of God and just in delight, man, we begin to practice eternity. When we're living out that koinonia life as well, when we rest in the Sabbath, we practice eternity. I can trace back the workaholics in my family all the way back to my great-grandfather who... um, who was a, he hauled junk during the day um, for a living. And then at night, he was a boxer. He was a prize fighter. He beat people up. And, um, and he threw his back out hauling junk. And he, when he did, my grandfather at 14 years old uh, went to work full time and provide for his family. And he did it out of necessity. But I think through the generation, uh, we begin to, we just, we do it out of identity. And this is actually how we prove our worth. And some of us, we don't know how to rest. Some of us, we don't know how to work, and that's a different message for a different day. Um, but some of us, um, we don't know how to rest from our work. And I want you to know that Sabbath is an invitation. First of all, it's an invitation to trust in God, not ourselves. It's an invitation to trust in God, not myself. When I keep working, when I keep pressing, I'm just going to, I'm becoming more dependent on myself. And what I found in my life is that the more that I do that, the more I ignore the Sabbath when I don't do it, I find that I worry more. It's funny how that works. If you find yourself filled with anxiety and stress about all you have to get done, I'd start here. I'd start with trusting in God and not yourself. See, this began in Exodus chapter 16 and 17 when, when Egypt came out of slavery, Egyptian slavery. God, God had set them free. I mean, all the plagues, he'd done all these incredible things and they get out there and they start complaining and be like, I want to go back. God had given this incredible freedom and he, he was going to provide for them. And he says he's going to provide in this way, manna and quail. And on the sixth day, he's going to provide double portion. He's going to have enough. But if you don't obey it, it's going to rot. The whole thing's not going to be blessed. When you don't trust Him, when you don't trust Him in those six days and take that day off, it's going to begin to to get maggots and things disgusting in it. And that's exactly what happens for us when we keep going and we don't stop. The rest of our days end up just being maggot filled with worry, with anxiety, with just stress because it all depends on us. Like my grass is yay high right now. 
And I'll go home and do it today because yesterday was my Sabbath and I looked at it, it annoyed me, but I moved on. So I'm not going to do it today. It's the Sabbath unto the Lord. And so I rested. Sabbath, secondly, is an, an opportunity, an invitation uh, to find my identity in God, not in what I do. When, you, when people ask you, what do you do? Who are you? Tell me about yourself. So many of us, we tell them what we do for a living. Well, I work at State Farm, or I do this, or I do that. And, the, and you find your identity filled in that. But the reality is that our identity in Christ is not by what we do. It's by who we are in Jesus Christ. As we open the service with today, we are chosen, not forsaken. We are who He says we are. And some of us, we need to slow down and get our identity right. I'm not talking about slow down on every single day. I'm talking about one day a week. When you slow down, your identity begins to move from what you do to who we are in Him. And I've found when I don't, when I'm unwilling to slow down, like, no, 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 I'm going to get it done. What I find is I, I end up becoming more unfulfilled in what I do. Funny how that works. Because I'm trying to find my identity in something that's never going to fulfill me. It's never going to work. I'm going to keep searching. That's why so many people are, are, are feeling empty and unfulfilled in their profession is because their identity is not in Christ. It's not in God. And when we rest, we are reminded of that. We begin to find our identity deeper and deeper in God. We're not hopeless and unfulfilled. And then finally here, Sabbath is an invitation to truly delight ourselves in God. To truly delight ourselves in God. This is a challenge for so many of us because we don't understand the word delight. But Sabbath is a way that you can begin to understand what it means to delight in God. I love Psalm 37, 4, which says, um, delight yourselves in the Lord and he will do what? Give you the desires of your heart. We always love to focus on that second portion of that. Give me the desires of my heart, God. Give me all those things. But we neglect the first thing and so we never get the second thing. We neglect delighting ourselves in the Lord, pulling aside from the busyness of ministry, of life, of work, of all the to-do lists, the chores around the house that need to be accomplished to just truly delight ourselves in God. To delight ourselves in God as we go out and explore nature, creation, go and take a hike, go and hop in a kayak. We sat our butts on Guana Beach and searched through and find some shark's teeth. I found one. Everybody else found like 20. Um, I give up after a while. I'm just going to sit here. Um, it's, it came and said more like six for him. Um, to truly delight ourselves in God. I think when we slow down, like some of us, we're missing out on opportunities to delight ourselves in God through, through creation, through, our, through hobbies, like things that you enjoy that don't exhaust you. They don't feel like work. Not, not your side hustle. Your side hustle doesn't belong on the Sabbath, can I tell you? Your side hustle can be on the other six days, but not on the Lord's Sabbath. That's not a time to hustle. That's a time to just rest and delight yourself in the Lord. Can I tell you, it's also, Jesus said it's lawful to do good on the Sabbath. It's not an excuse to, to not serve your neighbor, to help them take up, put a few bags of leaves, to, to go and fix a little something at their house that doesn't exhaust you, to go and take a meal to somebody. <laughs> Things that, like that, that they're a delight. And if we feel like those are things we have to do, we need to check our heart. There's things we get to do. We get to participate in God's mission. We get to participate in loving our neighbor and caring for those around us. And so I want you to know 
that when we don't do this, and I've found this so real in my life, and, and if you'll hear this and begin to just receive these and begin to apply them in your life, I think you'll begin to see worry begin to trickle away. It may not happen in a day, but you begin to practice these, and he's making you holy. He's setting aside some things in your heart and that stress and anxiety. Even if it starts building and growing through the week when you hit that Sabbath, it's laid at the feet of Jesus. Jesus says, come, all who are weary, tired, take my yoke upon you and I'll give you rest. That's what he wants to do. I found it so real in my life when I do not honor God in the Sabbath, I lose my joy. I can work the exact same 60 hours. In one week, I, I honored the Lord in the Sabbath and my joy remains. The other week, I did not honor the Lord in the Sabbath. And all of a sudden, where's my joy for what I do, for serving my family, for serving my community? It begins to change. So I I want you to know how the benefits of this and the calling in this and what God does in our heart. But I also want you to realize the consequences in your own life, the anxiety, the stress, uh, the unfulfilled life in whatever we do, we begin to, to lose. Just a few practical thoughts, and I'm closing. Ben, go ahead and come, and then I'll speed me up. Everybody said amen. Um, for those of you that just like it's not enough, I want to know more about this. One, um, I used to teach on this for a month every year. You can go back on our podcast. Secondly, later in the year, in the month of September, in our midweeks, I will be doing um, uh, a teaching alongside some other leaders. I'll be doing a four-week teaching on the Sabbath in our midweek. So if you're like hungry for more, one, there's lots of great resources out there that I've taught, others have taught, and then I'll be teaching more on it later this year in our midweek. Here's just a handful of practical tips that are so good for you. These, are, This is like where rubber meets road. Okay, are you tracking with me so far, Sabbath? Anybody want a day off? Like, sound good? Okay, cool. Everybody's good? All right. Um, here, here's some practical tips. First, pick a day, stick with it, but still be flexible. Pick a day. Talk about it with your family. Figure out what the day is. 24-hour period of shutdown. For us, for my family, it happens to be the Jewish Sabbath. It happens to be sundown from Friday into sundown on Saturday. I don't touch my notes until Sunday, Saturday night after, after uh, the sun goes down. I don't. Oftentimes, I don't schedule anything on the Sabbath. I try not. We'll do a work day once a year or something like that, but try not to do too much. Pick a day. Stick with it. But be flexible and just know that things can shift around and, it, and it's not legalism here. We're not just kind of trying to keep up with the rules, keep up with the law. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's an invitation. Abide in Christ to grow in our trust, find our identity in Him. Secondly, not only pick a day, pick up on your own excuses and stop making them. It's too busy. Here's my favorite one. Oh, it'll slow down soon. Oh, wait. You're fool, you think you're just fooling yourself. It's not going to slow down. In fact, it might speed up. You add another kid to the bunch, it's going to speed up. You add some ministry responsibility to it and stepping into your calling, it's going to speed up. I tell people all the time when they're like, I just got a lot going on. I'm like, that's okay. God's called you to a lot. It's your lot. But there's grace for your lot. And so don't be afraid to walk into it. Just trust Him and shut it down once a week. And just watch what happens in your soul. Watch what just rises up in you. Stop with your excuses. Third thing, get smarter at managing your time. Get get smarter at managing your time. Some of I don't know if you've ever been behind somebody on ramping into traffic on the interstate. 
Ever seen that before? Like somebody take their license. Some of you, maybe you drove here with them um, and you're going to decide to drive home on the way back. Um, So much of our life, there's a lot. And we need we need to learn to, to speed up. And I think the way we speed up is not by doing more and being busier. It's by thinking a little bit smarter. Saying instead of doing laundry every day and just stressing about, I got to get it done all day. No, I'm not going to do it that day. I'm going to pick a couple days, try to hammer it out, and it'll pile up. And then when it's time, because it's just a thing. I mean, Taryn, my wife, just like just endless. Like it's the laundry. These kids, like it's just all nonstop. Mm-hmm. And we're going to rest in it. Get smarter at managing your time. Um, I think some of us right now, the most spiritual thing you could do this afternoon is plan your long overdue vacation. Like I talk to people all the time, business owners, business leaders, moms and dads. When's the last time you took a vacation? Do you have, how much time do you get off? Well, I get a couple weeks. Well, why aren't you taking it? You, you got to make it a priority. Get some time away. It's a discipline of rejuvenation. What's your plan every day? To rejuvenate. Go out with that family walk, the bike ride, get your exercise and read the book at night. Calm down. What's your what's your weekly plan? What's your monthly plan? What's your annual plan to rejuvenate? God, God's given it. It's a gift. Why are we not taking that gift? So a spiritual thing some of us could do today is plan that vacation. And then the final thing. Um, we need to let Sabbath be a launching point into the rest of our week. It's the seventh day, but it's the launching point to a new week. It's a reset point. Just every week, God, just help me get back on track. God, anxiety started to fill my soul. And now, God, one of my favorite quotes um, regarding the Sabbath is, Sabbath is nothing more than clinging to the robe of the creator of the universe. Just saying, God, I'm just pushing all this stuff aside in the week. And I'm just, I'm clinging to you, God. I want to hear your voice. I want to seek you. I want to see you in all that I'm doing. I want to be a part of what you're doing in my life. So let it be a launching point. See, Jews don't, like, how does your day start? Your day starts with that alarm clock going off five times and you slapping it so you throw it across the room. That's how your your day usually starts in the morning. The Jewish day starts at night, and the first thing they do is rest. First thing they do. So as much as we see the Sabbath as an end of our week, we see it as the beginning of a new week. Launching forward, rested, trusting, identity in Him, not filled with anxiety, not filled with worry, filled with hope and with meaning. But if we just keep on going, hamster wheels, we're living the life of a battery. We're going to work, 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 and then we're going to die. And we will not be ready for eternity. It's practicing eternity. This is a rhythm for the rest of your life. So start practicing it. Even more so in eternity. We're going to truly understand this. It's an invitation. There, there is a fruit of obedience to you. If you obey God in this, I'm telling you, God's going to set aside some things in you. He's going to begin to break some things off. It's not going to happen in one week. It's going to happen over the course of time. Two years from now, you're going to be like, well, I trust God seriously today. Not just in work, but truly in my heart, I trust Him. I thought my identity was in him, but turns out I actually, in the job I ate, I'd still found my identity in it. I found found so, so much hope in this. The fruit of obedience, as the whole will be blessed. Your all seven days are going to be blessed. And you just do it from your own hands and your own effort. God, it's blessed. It's blessed. And when we keep it, we too will be blessed. It'll be set aside.
He honors the whole thing. He'll multiply what you, one of my favorite quotes in um, my, my stupid show, I like to watch The Office. But there's one episode where um, they're, they're slacking off and they're doing Movie Monday. And his boss is like, yeah, people get more done once we, after Movie Monday. He's like, because they have to. They have to work harder. They have to catch up. And that's not what I'm talking about. What, I, what I'm talking about is God multiplies. He begins to work things out on our behalf. We're not stressing about it. It's going to happen. Our, our, our minds, our hearts are just delighting in the Lord. And we find so much more meaning and significance in our relationships and our marriage our ministry to the, to the local church in the city. Psalm 23 says it like this. I'm ending with this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. I'm going to go, my family's going to go get some time around still waters and green pastures for an extended time. I'm encouraging you. Be here on the weekends. Be present. Serving in your giftings, giving all you have in this season. But one day a week, shut it down and get beside still waters. Because if you don't, you're going to find yourself stressed, unfulfilled. And verse 3 says this. And here's what God does. He makes us and then he restores my soul. And he leads me in, in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Not so I can be like, I'm Sabbathing so well. Look what I'm doing Sabbathing. No, no, no. For His glory. For our righteousness. I'm thankful for the Sabbath. It's a gift to me. It's a gift to you. When I ask you to stand, I'm going to pray with you as we move into this time. And this band's going to lead us in a chorus here. Father, we thank you for the gift of Sabbath. We thank you for the invitation to come and to lie down beside still waters. May we respond today, Father. May we search our own souls and realize how, God, we've, we've neglected delighting ourselves in you through rest. We found our identity in lesser things, created things, things that are not eternal. We found our identity and our, our meaning in. And God, I pray today, God, that we as a body would just begin to embrace this rhythm for the rest of our lives. It's a gift, and God, we receive that gift in your name today. May we talk out things, get practical, God, on what it means to live this out and honor you as we do it. Would you continually sanctify us by your spirit? In Jesus' holy name, amen. Amen. Let's worship together for just a few moments before we close out. Thanks for listening in today. If you've made a decision to follow Jesus, we want to celebrate with you. To connect with us about what your next step with Jesus might be, or even if you need help figuring that out, you can text the keyword FATHOM to 97000 anytime and follow the prompts. You can also go ahead and type in the search bar of your podcast app, FATHOM Beyond Sunday, and there you'll find our new podcast. You'll be able to listen in on some really great conversations, just taking the truth of God's word from our Sunday sermon a step further, talking about how we can apply these truths to our everyday lives between Monday and Saturday, not just on Sunday. We love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you'll tune in again soon.